told you all that in college I had a a, a floor mate and the, actually no, he was my roommate uh, sophomore year. His his dream in life was to wear a brand new pair of socks every day for the rest of his oh, life. I do and remember we talked about we, this one. We oh. broke it to him eventually that that was a surprisingly wasteful but obtainable dream. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like a couple of bucks a day. That's like a cup of coffee a day. Yeah, I think he can handle it. If you bought them in bulk, they'd probably be even cheaper. And if you got them at the super flea, they'd be even cheaper. <laughs> Yeah, was he? Did he have like high, like not thread count, but like did he have no, high standards no? For sock? This wasn't like the Aziz Ansari <laughs> sketch uh, routine. Walmart socks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I just bought more socks at Walmart the other day, and I was like, oh, do I want the Champion ones or the Hanes ones or the whatever brand Walmart brand ones? And I realized I don't care. I don't give okay. a shit. <laughs> yeah. No. There is a softness I like, but it doesn't it doesn't correlate necessarily to like cheapness or more expensiveness. It just is like there's a rougher texture. Right. To there's a certain level of fluffy that yes. you want. Yes. That's going to last approximately two washes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Good talk. <laughs> Good talk. Soft talk. Next week. I almost spit out my water when you <laughs> said soft talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Get out of our dreams and into our podcast, because on this episode of This Show Has Everything, we're hitting the road, and for once, it's not a movie podcast. In the Garden View studios of Albany, New York, I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me for this car nostalgia special episode of This Show Has Everything in the Middle-Aged Momish studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary H-Bomb on I-35, Livingston Butler. Good evening, Hillary. I love what you do for me, Bobby Pape. <laughs> I just, just got a new ringtone. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's got to be every time you call or text me. That has to be it. And the other voice laughing in the background in the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. It's Anne. Don't at me. Also on the I-35 Lundholm. Good evening, Anne. That's true. If Hillary yeah. drives north and I drive south, where are we going to meet? Oklahoma. Like a terrible, Kansas? a terrible word math yeah, problem. It's like in the middle of like shit nowhere. No offense to no offense to shit like... nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> they have an early show title contender. <laughs> we are gonna. We're going to do a little small talk, followed by our mailbag from last week's perhaps best ever question of the week. Uh, <laughs> our medium talk is going to be a little bit of car talk here. Uh, Click and Clack are going to jump in and talk about their car histories. Then we'll do some T-She Recommends and how you can get involved with the show. It's just three of us tonight, and I have a feeling it's going to be a little slappy, starting with small talk. <laughs> An important update from Hillary. All right. This I <clears throat> I let the group know a couple of weeks ago, and I I thought I should bring it to the wider audience. Um, around Thanksgiving time, I was not on um, the, our jamboree, our planning jamboree, and all I did was message everybody the restaurant that I was going with no other explanation. So they had a yeah, fun time. Yeah, I, I believe you just <laughs> sent a picture, a screenshot of your reservation. <laughs> 
And it was like, I'm not going to, I mean, whatever. It was, yeah, not not a great uh, notification. Anyway, so we went to this restaurant called Simi Estatorio. And it was really good. It was Greek. Um, and it was in this cool old building. We had a great time. Y'all, you know, dove deep on DJ Jen, who appeared there regularly. Um, I would say, okay, the restaurant was great. I would say the vibe of the restaurant was very like, um, like great, kind of Euro fancy with like <clears throat> maybe some high class, um, sex workers there and like high class fine. Euro sleaze. Yes. And like, that's fine. It was just, that was the vibe there. The food was great, but it was kind of, yeah, sleazy ish vibe. And DJ Jen, while she might've been great, that's like, that's about right. Like a DJ spinning house tunes from you know 2004 that's like a perfect vibe for it so a couple of a couple of weeks ago my coworker Katie was trying to make a reservation there and somebody said oh it closed there we, there's no more reservations <clears throat> and then circled back to her and said can you um can you like pitch in on this like Venmo request because the workers haven't been paid. And we're like, what? and I was like, this is a scam, like ab- abort, like do not, <laughs> do not like engage anymore. But I saw the news alert. It, okay. Simi, it said, this is from Eater Austin, you know, the Eater websites, Greek restaurant, Simi Estiatorio closed abruptly on Tuesday, March 22nd after less than a year in downtown Austin, allegedly leaving co-workers without their paychecks the restaurant is being evicted and the managing partner left the country (laughs) so it goes on and on about how like you know they weren't paying their alcohol vendors and then so during south by southwest they had people go buy alcohol and bring it into the store which is illegal i believe very very illegal if they're not stamped bottles yes um and then just the guy just left and didn't pay the workers so the vibe that i got there was actually kind of right Fun night. I had great times there, but yeah, I, maybe I will <laughs> donate to the workers fund because I'm sure those, and th- the story goes on to talk about how like they, you know, there were paychecks that it would, if they had direct deposit, their banks would be like, um, no, nothing is here. Or they would bounce, you know, if you did it over, you know, via mobile or whatever. Anyway, scammy, scammy, scammy. And I feel bad for <laughs> DJ Jen because that seemed like a regular hotspot for her. Yes. Yes, it did. <laughs> Well, okay, that was the follow-up. R.I.P. Simi. So, Bobby, you have already sleuthed out to find out how DJ Jen is doing. Well, she <laughs> seems to be all right, considering the black and white video of her dancing in blue flames well, uh, what on the her Instagram fuck page. is Wobble Wednesday at Voodoo Room, Austin, Texas? Jesus No idea. <laughs> no idea. I wait, we may have to title this episode Wobble Wednesdays with DJ Jen Lasher. <laughs> yeah, this is like a whole world of Austin that I am so just not in at all. You mean the part that's on Molly? Yeah. 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 You know, I moved here when I was 29 and then maybe went out a little bit. And then once I turned 30, I was like, I think I'm good. Like, I mean, I'll go out every once in a while, but that whole scene, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, when you talk about bringing in the bottles of liquor, it reminds me of Fat Bellies, which was my favorite Irish bar when I was hosting trivia in Rhode Island. And I was watching the slow, slow, slow demise of it dying, knowing they weren't paying any of their bills. We were there and they would just be out of so many different kinds of liquor and then magically get some and then be out again. But they ran out of Jameson. 
Oh. And I just, you're a fucking Irish bar. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't not have Jameson. Like, there are just certain things. And they, like, they would run out of Guinness and Jameson. And uh, you could just tell the M was near, that they weren't trying to get that back desperately. They're running out of Guinness and Jameson because that's what people are drinking in an Irish bar. Well, right, but they're not replenishing. <laughs> so, like, somebody would come up and order and they would be like, can I, would you be interested in, like, a, a brown ale or a Murphy Stout or a Tullamore Dew in this you know, dusty bottle that's like a ceramic bottle that's in the back that we found. <laughs> yeah, not not good. Not good. I always made sure they paid me in cash at the end of the night, so. You're I like, I do not accept checks. No, thank you. No, not, not from bars. Never. Well, DJ Chen will land on her feet. I also want to note that we learned about this follow-up because you once again missed a Tuesday night planning jamboree. <laughs> Because you were at a high-end restaurant. Hey, listen, that one was really good. It was that I don't think that one's going to go anywhere because it was bumping. On did a you get the porterhouse for two? I did not. No, no. We have like a bunch of shared apps, which was good. And you actually they, didn't answer. You sent us a picture of you holding a martini glass. <laughs> I did have a martini. And I saw what I thought were your trademarks, which was a Caesar salad and um, and a bowl of uh, French onion soup, just like the cheese edges. No, I there. I did have Caesar salad. They had um, like fancy. I mean, this place is too expensive, but I wasn't paying. Um, fancy like mozzarella sticks. Ah, that so, was the melted cheese I saw. They were so fucking. Good. I knew I saw oh. melted cheese. So I just needed <laughs> You're melted like, cheese I spy, It's like Mike coming through you. You're like yep. I spy melted cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think we all took a little piece of Mike with us. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I saw a picture of John Daly today, the golfer, and it made me think of Mike. I was like, Mike would have liked this picture. <laughs> John Daly's fucking killing it right yeah, now. I know. I know. Saw some old? tweet about like he killed. Yes. Yeah, he's he's like he's leading right now. He's winning. Is he smoking a cigarette on the on the uh, course? Yeah, it's all cigarettes and diet coke and booze. <laughs> right, that's what he lives so. on now. Respect. I, I I saw a total somewhere. I'm going to see if I can find out. Don Daly cigarettes today. <laughs> Somebody had a tally. Yeah, John. Uh, oh no, that was a different. This is this is a classic John Daly story. 21 cigarettes, 12 diet cokes, uh, six packs of peanut M and M's, and 18 holes. Hey, sounds like a nice life to me. It's living the dream. <laughs> um. All right, Anne. Complain away. I don't know. It's such a first world stupid problem, right? But I'm a little cheesed about this. Uh, So I had to go into the office yesterday. I'm supposed to go into the office twice a month. I think the last time I was in was early March. So I am taking that commitment very seriously. And right, you know what? It's not a big deal to go into the office once every couple of months. It's There's an HVAC diffuser that's right over my cubicle, and my God, it was pumping the air out like <laughs> all day. Um, and it's just kind of yucky because it's the yeah. university administrative yeah. building. But whatever. It's like I can be gracious and accept it, she says grudgingly. But <laughs> the reason that I had to go in was because they were requiring us to do in-person safety training. Oh, God. Yes, which we do every two months and we've been doing online just fine for the last two plus years. But this month's topic was fall protection. 
So because I work in facilities management, I had to go get trained on fall protection. So the next time I'm working on a roof, <laughs> you're prepared. I'll know how to put the harness on. I'm just imagining doing that online, though, and how funny it would be watching people do it on Zoom. Well, they said, the trainer said that they're going to keep doing a hybrid of, like everybody's doing, of online training and in-person training. But they wanted to do this in person because he actually has a lot of physical examples of harnesses and restraint uh, paraphernalia, personal protective equipment, and stuff like that. And he wanted to be able to do, like, hands-on whatever so okay fine i'm just it's just so stupid right that's what makes me more upset than anything else the the requiring of me to be there for something that is in no way pertinent to my job yep yep just checks a box just checks a box it's just silly like okay the next time i get up on the my desk so that i can dust (laughs) the top of my cupboard shelf thingy I'll know to be careful, but I don't have to wear a restraint because it's not more than four feet off the ground, yep. which I yep. now know. So thank you, you for do. letting me complain about this. No, do it does. Do you need a spotter? <sighs> I probably or do you should. you put down some sort, of, some sort of mats? Do some trust falls. Given the things that I used to do in my retail job, I had made peace that my death was going to come falling off a ladder at that yep. place. Yep. Because yep. there were so many times when you were just up there and you're like, if I just stretch, I can I hang mean, this 28-pound picture frame on the wall over this bunch of glass shelves. It's going to be fine. I did that so many times, like going up and getting a huge-ass suitcase. Yep. You're like, like, well, this is I, where I die. <laughs> I know. And I'm like doing the thing where you get on the top of the ladder where yep. you're like not supposed to get it. I'm like, but I need the, I need a little bit more help. But I don't – I hate – which is something that we could talk about in our actual discussion today. I hate backtracking so much. So the thought of like getting back down and asking for help, like makes me want to die. So I'm like, I'll just do it. Yep. <laughs> I, I would, especially if I was working alone in the store and I needed to go get something off the way high shelves in the stock room, I'd be like, I don't have time to bother with a ladder. And I would just shimmy up the shelves, <laughs> get it from up there. Like, that's real safe, Anne. Yep. You're like, I know safety, University of Minnesota. Yeah, but but what are these people stealing out on the sales floor while I'm in the back room getting something <laughs> down, right? I got to get back out there. Yep. Uh. Shelf Shimmy Lundholm. <laughs> Old Shelf Shimmy Lundholm. You know, I am large and uh, not a lightweight. I'm pretty proud of myself that I got all the way up there on the shelves. <laughs> Uh, for courtesy reasons I'm not going to necessarily agree with what you just said but I will say it's just a feat at any size or shape to climb shelves it is it really is so now I'm home now and I'm happy I I work from home on Fridays and it makes me so happy and you'll be going back in um, when does the fiscal year change at the school (laughs) July 1st (laughs) do you have to go back in before the end of the fiscal for anything well now the great thing is our director uh, who is the one who insisted on twice a month is retiring in June so uh, when we get a new director I'm going to set the tone I'm going to start as I mean to go on with him or her but let's be honest it's going to be a him yeah and uh, we're not going to say anything about how often I'm supposed to be in the office. No. And he's going to get used to it. Yep. 
Is there going to be a gap? Is there going to be that one day when you can go into that office and just shred any documents that say you're supposed to be in there? Well, technically, this director is an interim director from when the real director retired three years ago. So <laughs> three years. That's academia. Well, that and COVID, I think, and that yeah, put hiring on the back burner. Yeah. I come from the world of, you know, conservatories where whoever gets suckered into being the department chair has been an interim the entire time because mm. nobody actually wants to be the department chair. <laughs> Everybody just wants to make music and get paid and nobody wants to be in charge. That's true. I had a professor. Well, wasn't a professor because he had his master's degree and not his PhD. But he, uh, I could never figure out, like, how did this person without a PhD uh, get a position in this department at this university uh, where he was teaching a lot of classes and not doing research? And he told me it was because when he was working on his master's degree, somebody said, could you take on all this administrative work? And he said, sure, if you let me teach a class as well. And then he was such an amazing teacher that eventually he just shifted it all over to teaching. So I guess that's the kind of person. Yeah, that's the escape mm-hmm. hatch. Yep. Take on some admin. I know that's why I always say, like, this is my mantra at work right now is, you need me more than I need you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, that's true. the climate right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, work stinks, but it's fine. Um, let's move on to the mailbag. All right. Who put this? Who put this? Come email on. In? You know who put it. It's <laughs> me. I love these. Consider yourself lucky I did not put the um, Litz gig or whatever. Well, we no. Yes. I guess that Those was intimate it. photos we were the promised. The intimate mo- Just... photos that we were promised. Again, from Jennifer Fur. And yeah. then after that, from quote unquote Jenny. I see you, Jennifer Fur. <laughs> Jenny E. She um, wants us to have Jennifer, her intimate photos. Do you think Jennifer Fur is is just Ted. Ted. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a we got a lovely email from which okay, the, it's from Oscar D of GJ, but like what if it actually was DJ Jen Lasker and this is just like another name for her oh. because he is selling new electronic music with a URL Zero day club electro live sets, music videos, hard style, hardcore, lento, violento, Italo dance, Euro dance, hands up. I sort of got this is probably the music that they were playing at Simi because this sounds just about right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's pause here. Hard style, hardcore, lento, violento, Italo dance, Euro dance. I'm not entirely sure this isn't some sort of enchantment. Maybe we don't want to read it all straight. <laughs> no, Maybe I want to Google Lento Violento. I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> uh, oh, it's, an, it's a style of electronic dance music that developed in Italy. Yeah. Tempo yeah. of 85 to 115 BPM. Hard kick. Like the ones present in hardcore or hard style. So is Zero Day like a DJ? I don't know. I worry that it's... I know. Yeah. I don't want to go there. <laughs> a zero-day exploit is a cyber attack targeting a software vulnerability, which is unknown to the software vendor or to Ooh. antivirus vendors. Ooh. I told you. It's a, we're reading a virus into the computers of all of our <laughs> listeners. Yeah, but we could Sorry. get a premium account on a private FTP. 
<laughs> yes, we could. It's like the episode of Bones where they etched the virus into the bones. <laughs> and then they scanned the bones and it gave a computer virus to the bones computers. But I'm thinking mm-hmm. some Lento Violento could really spruce this podcast up. I don't understand why we're not having conversations with Oscar D of GJ. <laughs> I know we need to. Please, if you want to email Oscar D of GJ back, I do not. I do not. I don't. I'm not interested. Okay, moving on to last week's question of the week: Have you ever killed your crush's significant other? And if so, how did you do it? Slash, what should be the next book that we read? Let's see. Ken says, sadly, the answer is not yes. <laughs> uh, Beth then says, no, but it wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> oh, yeah, Beth. Uh, well, what would you do? Huh? Tell us. Don't poison him with pastry. That's unfair. I know. That is kind of evil, but she totally could. Yep. Mm. Um, Anne Louise says, a Helen McInnes book, maybe North from Rome or Cloak of Darkness. I read... All of them as pandemic escapism. <laughs> I looked at I- both of those, Anne Louise, and I'm quite interested in either one of those. Hmm. Especially North from Rome. Yeah. 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 That sounds cool. Put, a, put um, an asterisk next to that one. Don't lose this, guys. I won't. We won't. Um, <laughs> Bet says, this is her actual book request slash suggestion, Career of Evil. Whoa. That's the only one I didn't look up. Let's take a quick look. Oh, I love you, Bet, but this is J.K. Rowling. I'm down oh. on J.K. Rowling now. I know we can't, we can't support her. She, I had, for somebody who's like a billionaire, I'm like, this is the hill you're gonna die on, really? Mm, yeah, I know. <laughs> you could just fade into like be like Mackenzie Bezos or whatever her last name is now, mm-hmm. and just like give your money away, and but also still be rich. I just think there's enough discrimination to go around that yeah. you know you can share some. With yeah. the trans women. Yeah. It's very It's weird. not hurting you in any way. It's very weird. And even if you, like, harbor those thoughts, like, that's not great. But, like, keep it to yourself. I know. Who yourself. asked her? I don't understand it. Ugh. Um, but I'm okay. sure it's a great book. But It yeah. goes against God, says the woman who wrote a book about a wizard boy that kind of rips off Star Wars. <laughs> you know... I really like Harry and Potter. And stories. I've only like kind of vaguely read and the, Jesus. <laughs> I've only sort of vaguely read the books, but I've seen all the movies. When and I saw the movies first. When I saw the like bankers, I was like, "Are we? Oh yeah, that's that's real. <laughs> that, yeah, that's not. <laughs> Are we doing this? <laughs> the big old hook noses yep. and goblin. Yeah, I was like, okay, all right. Um. Okay, and they're all Mets fans too. I thought that was really going. <laughs> um, Anne says Night Bitch by Rachel Yoder, which interestingly was in the news today because Amy Adams is set to star in it. It's gonna be released Ooh, by Netflix. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. And everybody was like, Night Bitch, kind of like question mark, question mark, and I was like, I know what this is because of our listeners. Mm-hmm. It looks it it looks like a, a you know a woman if she's um woman not sure if she's going crazy if there's something actually going on it's yeah. like uh what i already uh, uh, i already forgot the name verity it's like what verity was trying <laughs> to do i think God. but it seems like it's doing it more successfully i swear that fucking book was 
wild. <laughs> it was insane. I've tried to wipe part. it from my memory already. <laughs> no. But last week made me laugh so hard that it was like sort of joyous. Yep. Not the reading of the book necessarily, but the... The discussing of the book. <laughs> yes. It really was. It, I, I don't always listen back, and I did listen back to that no. one. And we, were, we were pretty fucking funny. No, it was really funny. Uh, I was talking to... So I, I spent the day working off-site, and I brought um, one of my team with me, um, my marketing coordinator. We were volunteering for somebody other some other event, running the registration table. And at the end of the day, I was like... I was going to go back to the office, but it's already 5.30 and I need to get back home because we're recording tonight. She said, you're recording tonight. And I said, yeah, we're recording the podcast. And they're, they're all vaguely aware of the show. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad to know that I'm relatively invisible to them. So they haven't thought to pursue it. I don't think. Or they haven't, haven't told me, but it hasn't come up. And she goes, oh, that's right. You do that. Uh, and I was like, yeah, don't worry about listening. Because I was thinking of the last episode in the feed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it would be. Oh, there. I mean, they're going to be like, this is a. A different side of Bobby than we've seen. Well, I mean, Not that different, sadly. I'm pretty blunt at work. Here's the thing that I'm learning now is that the meaning of podcast is shifting because I've heard some of the younger people, like your YouTubers and such, be like, yeah, I was watching a podcast. What? Because so many people now film themselves right. doing the podcast right. yes. and they put right. it on YouTube. It's becoming a TV show. I don't know. Should we discuss this? Do we... Have to need think to record about, you know getting a youtube channel we want to vlog guys bridget could be in charge we want to keep yeah. up with the kids <laughs> we do I'm... well said said colleague who is you know 12 years younger than me uh does listen to slash watch podcasts all day at work and i don't care because she gets her work done but every single time i come over she's got two screens going and one of them is youtube wow with earbuds in just yep and it's just yeah, that's it. That's that's her podcast consumption is that. It's just so I can't I like I'll tune into a TikTok or a YouTube every now and again, but you know me, like I I want to be listening to something and doing something else and it just I don't want to watch anything. You have to focus your full attention. <laughs> I know I'm like not for Hillary. I need, no, I need my phone to do other things. <laughs> uh, oh, you got to crush that candy. I do. I do indeed, always. Um, okay, Amanda says, did you read about the guy who died of a heart attack trying to bury a body? That would be my luck. <laughs> that <does> suck. <laughs> That's karma is what that is. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, Joseph says, only in dreams. And then he linked to something, but I was on my computer and it wouldn't come up. Bobby, do you remember what it was? Oh, it was a Weezer song. Oh, so. okay. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. All right. It was like, you can only see this on iOS or Google or whatever. Yeah, it was a weird way you can link a song now. Like, wow. and, and the whole spin out in that conversation was me not knowing that was possible. So I learned something about <laughs> Meta this week. Oh, Meta. Um, Linda says, eye drops, dot, dot, dot. Look it up, dot, dot, dot. Ooh, uh, Linda. I did. <laughs> you can poison somebody with eye drops because, wait, wait, wait. I looked it up. I read a whole thing. Okay, this person really took a, a while to get to the point here. But there is a chemical that is a vasoconstrictor. Meredith would be better at this than I am. Um, that, you know, takes the redness out of your eyes. Oh, here it is. It's called tetrahydrosoline. And Ooh. if you ingest it, it can um, not only induce uh, like diarrhea and stuff apparently but it can slow your heart 
way down. Wow. And so there have been several documented cases of people murdering by putting uh, essentially visine or, you know, one of the other redness drops in people's food or beverage. Right. Which is also the visine Mickey, which is doing it to give someone tummy trubs. Yeah, but they said that's not actually that much of a thing. Right. Like that doesn't actually really work that much. Um, it's better at killing. National Library of Medicine journal and article from 1964, eye drops and diarrhea. And I think to myself, who lost a bet to have to write that <laughs> <laughs> as their research paper? <laughs> uh, well, it's kind of like I just saw on Wirecutter, it was like uh, their recommendations for vibrators. And I was like, who won the bet on that one? Although I'm sure that after a while you're like, okay. I'm I'm sick of this part, so I don't know. Research. Uh, do you <laughs> have a link to that? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, you I have a teaching recommend section for a reason. <laughs> um, ugh, okay, Jennifer says not yet. Dot dot dot. Ooh, Ooh I like that attitude. Love Me a cliffhanger. <laughs> we'll tune in later. We are. Hopefully you're not going to have to go on trial. Hopefully you're smart enough to get away with it. Um, that's it for the mailbag. Thanks, guys. And we'll look into those books because I am interested. Bobby, you want to take us to Medium Talk? Yeah, we're going to move on to Medium Talk now. And I'm going to decide whether or not to try to do a Boston accent like the Car Talk Brothers. And oh, I think I'm going to not do it. I can't do it. Reference is getting increasingly dated as Car Talk fades into the history of National Public Radio. Oh, I find that sad. I know. It's sad. Uh, I think I, I, I think this is an old TBTL take that's a good take, and I think that we've workshopped it on the show before, but it's been several years, which is that maybe it was actually Phyllis Fletcher who said a show like that would never get greenlit now. No. no. Like, Car Talk would be called something like About Cars, and there would be a Detroit <laughs> correspondent and a Tokyo yep. correspondent, and they would look at the markets and supply chain issues instead of just two guys from Boston telling you how to, like... Hit your carburetor with a stick mm-hmm. if that's all it needs. Very often, their answers involve no actual automotive <laughs> component. Right. No, uh, we we were just sort of uh, waxing nostalgic the other night about our cars and the cars we've had and the cars we wish we had. And uh, in the case of one of us not caring about the cars we have, which we'll get to mm-hmm. in a moment. I get, don't give it away, Anne. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, Bobby. I, I was, I was listening to you, but I was also thinking this topic. I believe was suggested by guest producer Gregory Schreckengost, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> who has come up with a, uh, an increasing number of good pitches for us lately. I know. Yeah, yeah. As long as Meredith is willing to take our jambo calls on speakerphone, we're pretty much set. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. We were talking about this, and we realized cars are something that have come up many times through the years on our shows. We've all told a lot of our car stories, but we couldn't actually recall if we had done a show just genuinely about (laughs) our cars and our history with cars. So either we haven't done it somehow yet, or we have done it, and it's been so long that we forgot. (laughs) So either way, it seemed like ripe territory because of the tens of listeners actually listening. Borrow that from TBTL. I know I'm not making it up. So it is pretty accurate. Um, some of you are newer. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of these stories uh, may be new to you. And also, I think it just says something about our psyche. Uh, 
uh, how we approach this conversation because I think the three of us have sort of different answers to these things. So um, I thought we would start with, or we decided we would start with just a general conversation about our relationship with driving. Are we comfortable driving? Do we like it? Do we not? Are we aggressive? Are we passive? Uh, are we are we law abiding drivers? And we'll get into that more at the end too. Um, I'm going to go not left to right. Hillary. Ooh. I know. Mixing it up. Oh, she gets everything. Bit... <laughs> Would you God. like to go first, Anne? I don't care. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Hillary, tell us a little bit about your relationship with driving, uh, especially because you've lived in uh, several different major cities through the years, and, and maybe that's helped shape it. Yes. Okay. So um, I grew up um, with a one parent that I would say is a good driver, though definitely a little bit fast and a little bit um, can be somewhat, I don't know, a little whips around things a little bit. And one that is an overly defensive driver, I would say. My father, I love you, dad. Um, he'll break if a car breaks like 100 feet in front of him. I'm like, dad, you didn't need to stamp on the brake pad. And he was like, what, do, you want me to hit them? And I'm like, well, no, I think there are other there are other things that you could do. So I think going into it, I thought, you know, I didn't know how I would be as a driver. I thought maybe I'd be like my dad and I'd be a little bit cautious. So I took um, driver's ed. My parents were very excited for me to get my driver's license because um, I was the fifth kid. And I think they were just sick of like driving me to school. And we didn't have a bus system in my school district. So it was like sick of driving me to school, sick of driving me to, you know, different errands or whatever, or organizing carpools for me. So they were very stoked about it. So started driver's ed, was fine, took the classes, and then, you know, you had to do um, the, the driving portion of it. Now, my my dad, my parents were both, like, not interested in teaching me how to drive it, really. And my dad took me to the synagogue parking lot by our house and said, you can, um, we're going to practice um, right before you have to start driving, but like, let's just drive around the parking lot, but you don't have to press the gas. Like he was so nervous to drive with me and I'm like, okay, dad. So we're driving around, driving around. So all throughout driver's ed, I really, it's like, they're just telling me what to do. I'm not, you know, that feeling when somebody's telling you how to do something and you're not actually really learning how to do it. You're just doing what you're told to do and it's not quite sinking in yet. So take the driver, do driver's ed and I, I do fine. And then it's time for the test. Now, let me set the scene. I had, um, in the past mm, week and a half, made out with a boy from my driver's ed class. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. So, but then he like didn't call me afterwards, went, went, but he didn't go to my school. So it was okay. I didn't really have to see him, but I did have to see him in driver's ed. So that morning I'm taking um, the test and he's there and I'm kind of like trying to sort of flirt with him and he's totally ignoring me. And I'm like sort of mortified. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I got I, what he wanted from you. Yes, exactly. Right. You gave I away the milk. Ugh. Are you... <laughs> I hate that expression so much. <laughs> um, because women are not cows. Um, but were you wearing your roller skates? No, no, no. <laughs> he like came, whatever. He like came over to my house and we walked to the park and made out, which is very weird that that all, I'm like, did your parents drop you off? Why? What did you tell them that you were going to do? Because he didn't live that near me. Anyway, I go, I'm taking my test. I pass the test. And then I, the um, driver's instructor was like, okay, I, what do you want to drive back? And I'll, your dad's waiting for you. So I'll drive you back and, and you, you're done. You pass. And I did, I mean, I didn't do great. I think I got like an 85, like I did. Okay. Um, and I'm 
taking a right to get onto the highway, onto the access road to the highway. And he, he told me, oh, I'll tell you when to go because you can't really see. And so I was like, okay. So he says, go. And I start to go. And he's like, no, 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 stop. And I think I must have pressed the gas instead of the um, brake. And I got like sort of T-boned. It really wasn't that bad. Like it was not a terrible <laughs> accident. Everybody was I got T-boned. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> well, I mean, the person was going <laughs> slow enough. Yeah. But, I mean, it was scary. But I, and anyway, it was... I'm like mortified. It's, you know, we have to wait for the cops to come because I'm whatever. It's a whole thing. And then I said, well, at least I passed my test. And he said, oh, no, I have to fail you. And I was like, what? (laughs) I was so, I was so mad about that. So mad. And also now that I think about it, my dad was just waiting at the driver's ed thing. And nobody had cell phones. So he's just like, why is this taking hours? Like, why is this taking so long? Anyway, eventually I pass it. It's all good. Get my license. I, we went to go pick up my sister sold her Toyota Tercel, my beloved like red Toyota Tercel, which is really like orange, honestly, by the end of it. Um, we went and picked it up and my parents were like, okay, have fun. And I just had a car and I had almost no idea what I was doing. I remember driving down this street called Hillcrest in Dallas and thinking, I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, like I knew that I had to stop at red lights and I knew how to drive vaguely, but just kind of the experience of it. But from then on, I don't know why. I just picked it up. I love driving. I was always the driver, always the driver. I I would pile people into my car. And with my group of friends, Missy and Emily both had their license, so they drove some. But my another group of my friends, I was the oldest one, so I was the driver. I drove everyone around, and we would pile you know, six people in a car, which was illegal, but it was fine. People are smoking on every seat. I mean, there were so many burn marks in that car. God, it was disgusting, but I loved it. I didn't care. Um, so anyway, from then on, I, I just really liked it. I, um, drove, um, my, I, in Memphis, it was whatever. It was sort of like the same of driving in Texas. But then my parents would not let me take the car when I moved to the Bay Area because um, they were just like, it's too old. You don't need a car out there. And I really didn't need a car out there. And, and Emily, who I moved with, did have a car. and <laughs> But it was a stick shift Civic. And I Oof. was like, I'm, so, and I said, I'm so sorry that you're going to have to drive all the way to California. And she was like, oh, no, I'm teaching you how to drive a stick. So we went back to the same synagogue parking lot. Actually, I guess it's a temple. Same parking lot. She taught me how to drive it. I was not great. I definitely... Uh, I wasn't great, but I, I know how to do it. Um, I rode the clutch a lot, but I, I figured it out. Um, but I, I didn't drive it a ton in the Barry cause I was really scared of Hills and all that. Um, then moved to LA and thought about getting a stick when I was there. And my dad was like, okay, when did you not like driving a stick? Cause I said, I actually enjoyed it. I, I thought it was fun. I said, well, I didn't like driving it in traffic cause it hurt my foot. And he was like, you're moving to Los Angeles. You're not do spend the money and get uh, automatic. So I got my next Toyota, my Toyota Corolla. And I, you know, driving in LA is, you know, it's not complicated. It's just a lot of traffic. Like it's just traffic, but it's a very grid like system. So I, and I fancy myself having a good sense of direction. So I could navigate it pretty well. And again, I'm the driver. My dad, it, he always laughs because I think it's maybe like, you know, an old school thing where the man always drives, which is always so weird to me because I think my mom is a better driver. Again, no offense, dad, but I always think my dad is, my mom is the better driver, but my dad always drives. And with Dave and me, I almost always drive. Like, unless I have had too much to drink, I am always the one that drives because I have a better sense of direction and I'm the more confident driver. 
Um, and then in Austin, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of the same thing as, uh, you know, I traveled with my, uh, my lovely, uh, Corolla and then eventually got the minivan, another Toyota. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it's something that I like, I, you know, I don't love a road trip because it's so monotonous. Well, I don't love a road trip with children either, but it's just so kind of too much, but driving around town, I don't know. I, I always like it. I like the freedom of it. I remember when I got my license, it felt like very freeing to me. And I was very privileged to get a car. So it's like I was free because somebody paid for my fucking car. So that was great. Anyway, that's my relationship. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little <laughs> bit longer. I just, um, I all, the whole time I just wanted to say the good driver was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know if I may. Well, I think I'm a good driver. I think I'm um, sometimes careless. I think. I'm I'm a confident driver is what I am. That does not always translate to good, um, as Bobby knows. Um, but I'm I, my sister. She would say this. She hates driving. She's not a confident driver. She's very like nervous about driving. I'm never scared to drive. I'm like that, I'm never nervous about driving. It's not something that's like in me. I I enjoy it and I feel very comfortable behind the wheel. Right. Well, it's good. Yeah. Uh, as someone who's ridden with you, I would say you seem very comfortable behind the wheel. <laughs> You're like sometimes a little too comfortable. Actually, what I used to do, which is so crazy and it's so dangerous, in my Tercel, I would put my leg, my left leg, up on the like dash <laughs> and drive like that. Uh, I thought I was pretty cool. I don't think I was ever that flexible. <laughs> I can't. I'm not anymore. Anytime I see a foot sticking out of somebody's window, like up next to their mirror, like even in the passenger side, I'm just like that person's. That, that's not safe. <laughs> no, it's not. No. Imagine not getting into an accident. Your leg would just be like, snap. Like it, yeah, God. Mm. Like a chicken drumstick. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I need some time to recover from that. So, Anne, uh, talk about your relationship with driving a little bit. And of course, you had formative years in, you know, across the pond, <laughs> as they say. And I'm curious if that has any influence on your relationship with cars growing up or if by the time you got back it didn't matter and you know you were still young and yeah I was 12 when we moved back so I wasn't really close to driving age what I remember is the pretty specific laws about when you could ride in the front seat because when we were living in England under 10 you had to be in the back and I was so excited to finally get to ride in the passenger seat and then we moved to Switzerland when I was like nine and a half and then in Switzerland, you have to be in the back of your under 12. And I was like, Ugh, ah! The injustice. I know. Well, I don't know. I don't know that my mom would have let me ride in the front anyway. I'm not sure what I was thinking because I didn't get to ride in the front when we moved back to the United States. So what do I know? But I would say as far as driving goes, I neither love it nor hate it. It is what it is. I'm fine. Like, it's fine. I'm competent. I am confident enough. Like, I'm never scared to drive. I don't have a problem driving in big cities. Uh, it just uh, get from one place to another, and it's fine. Yeah. I did not start out that way. I was terrified to get my license because, I don't know, I don't have that belief of immortality that most teenagers do like i was fully aware that this was a multi-ton metal machine Death that machine. could kill me and other people in an instant and i 
was not in any hurry to be a part of that. So I got my license when I was 17 and a half. And the only reason that I did was because I was doing the, um, in Minnesota, it's called the PSEO, post-secondary enrollment options, or as we know it from Washington State, when we heard about it on TBTL, running start. So where juniors and seniors in high school can take college courses. So I was doing a full load of college courses and Jeez. I needed a car to drive back and forth. I think I was in a program called Stretch First. <laughs> like, Jesus, running start sounds dangerous. It sounds like I'm going to get a cramp. I don't know. Well, so, and then the great thing about these secondary enrollment stuff is because I was a public school student, technically, I got to do it for free. And, you know, the the college that you're going to and your public school will split the cost. And I guess it's good for the college because they're attracting good students potentially sure. whatever so my dad was all hot for me to get a year of private university um classes for free right sure yeah Aha, jokes on you dad because i decided to go to college for all four years anyway after i graduated um i had a fucking four-year scholarship i don't know why he was so mad about it um so i That's had a different episode <laughs> yeah I, he's dead i can yell uh so I had to get my license so that I could drive to campus, and I waited until, like, a week or two before classes were supposed to start. And my mom is fond of telling the story about how she was getting on me, like, I had to schedule this because what if I failed my driving test? And apparently I got fed up with her. I only vaguely remember this, and I said, Mother, I have never failed anything in my life, and I don't intend to start with this. So I passed my driving test. <laughs> And it was probably two months before I took it on the highway because I was so scared by myself. And I had driven on the highway, obviously, in my practical training for driver's ed. But I remember my dad was the one who did all the driving instruction with me, you know, outside of the formal classes. And he was very patient and very calm. And my mom went with me once, and I thought she might have a heart attack. <laughs> and she was pushing the imaginary passenger side brake so hard oh, the whole yes. time. You know, <laughs> Down when you, to the floor. Yeah, when you have the actual um, in-car in instruction through driver's ed, they actually have those brakes yep. in the yep. car, which I thought was bad because my instructor actually rode that brake a little bit. So I didn't get a good feel for braking because there yep. was always somebody else giving a little breaking emphasis, you know, but you, you get over that. <clears throat> so, and since then it's been fine. I don't care. Uh, I used to be a pretty fast driver. I was in a hurry to get everywhere, but, um, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, I'll get there when I get there. It's fine. If you go the speed limit versus going 10 over the speed limit, what do you save? A couple yeah. of minutes? It's not a big deal. So, that's how I feel about it. Like it's fine. It gets me. You're very zen about yeah, it. Yeah, where I yeah. need to go. And I used to sometimes get mad at people who were breaking laws and not signaling and all that. And you know, lately I'm like, you know, it has nothing to do with me. Whatever <laughs> they're gonna do what they do, and there's no reason for me to get my knickers in a twist about it. So, yeah. like a like a fine wine, you've just mellowed. And probably, I'm not doing a daily commute anymore. Yeah. So that helps a lot. Is, is that... it like an adventure now, driving to the office for the first time in two months? No. 
I've worked there for uh, 14 years. <laughs> I could do that in my sleep. Well, my uh, relationship with driving and growing up, um, the first time I tried to start the car, I was eight years old. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> I swiped, oh, swiped my mother's keys, and I went out, and uh, I don't know which car this was. It might have been the 88 Ford Topaz. Mm. Uh, yeah. Whew. Uh, and I started the car and was just sitting in the car with it running, and my mom came running out into the driveway and, you know. So, yeah, I wasn't I was going anywhere. I just wanted to do it, just see what was up. So, I, apparently I could reach the pedals because I got the car to start, so it's fine. Well, here's a side topic. What is with these car names? Why would you name a car model after a semi-precious gemstone? What are you, what are you going for with that? I, I, you're going for elegance in class, right? With topaz? Well, you, you run out after all. Also, the car was red, so like... I know. I I rented a Chevy Cobalt once when I was in San Francisco, and it was red. And my mind was so fucked by this car, because I kept looking for a blue car. <laughs> Where's my blue car? Uh, so uh, I was hopping into the Dodge Amethyst, and... <laughs> See, that's my birthstone. That's a better choice. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, so yeah, exactly like I think this part resonates. I think my mother was just done wanting to give me rides everywhere. Uh, and of course, I, you know, I was working as soon as I could. I was in drama club. So for months on end, I was staying at school until like nine o'clock so that I could go to drama rehearsals, even though I was always like, background dude number three but i still had to be there you know every night for hours and hours and hours on end because i had to hang out with my friends i know your hustle bobby you always had something going on from the time you were a wee lad it's always always something yes it's very accurate and uh i did not do driver's ed because we were poor and busy yeah. and my it is expensive oh yeah. i did it through the school I, I thought it was free but oh no 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 ours was i remember it was like 300 and something dollars and actually it's great that i had my primary rec in driver's ed because guess what that bitch was free because we already <laughs> paid for it <laughs> right so uh because i did that um i was only able to get like a if they didn't call it a junior license, but like you're not technically allowed to drive after nine unless you're yeah. coming home from work. Thankfully, I was always coming home from work, so it didn't matter, or work or school. But uh, actually, I hadn't planned on mentioning my driver's ed test, but now that we're getting into it, um, I lived in a town that was very much on the border between quote unquote city in the city of Rochester, you know, not a major city, but you know, a city, uh, and uh, just farmland. <laughs> You know, and just just empty fields of nothingness. And everybody said the trick to getting an easy road test was to take your road test out toward the country instead of in the city, right? Because it's just big open roads and there's basically no traffic. And if you're lucky, they won't even be able to find two cars for you to parallel park in between. And so that's what I did. I went out and took it in Ontario, New York, uh, out in the sticks. And I... We got there and we were driving my mother's old, uh, well, it was all old now, of course, but Dodge Shadow. <laughs> we might have been at Plymouth Sundance. I mean, they're the same car. I think it was the Plymouth model. Plymouth Sundance. Are we on my cousin Benny? Like, it's like, are there both GM vehicles? <laughs> exactly. 
and uh, we get there to take the road test, and the I get in the car, and the one amenity, like the one thing that this car had going for it, is it had power seatbelts. <laughs> so it had like the seatbelt that like crossed yep. over your body when yep. you shut the door. Yep. Oh, those were so cool. I had that. My yeah, my Tercel had that. Yeah, and they could like chop your head off if you get into an yeah. accident. Don't have the lap band. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I get in, seatbelt goes. Driver's ed guy gets in the passenger seat, shuts the door. The seatbelt doesn't doesn't move. Oh no! Stuck in the uh, non safety position. <laughs> and I'm looking at him. And uh, the lap belt's on, right? Because you put that part on yourself. And uh, my mom's like leaning it through the window. And of course, is being my mother. So she's like, yeah, that's fine. It does that sometimes. You just, you know, just put the lap belt on and you're good. (laughs) And and the guy just looks at her and then looks at me and says, we can't, we can't take the road test in this car. Because it's not, it's not like the safety mechanism's not working. I can't, you know, first of all, he's not going to jeopardize his life with some dumbass like me driving and (laughs) half a seatbelt. But also, like, it's a technicality thing, right? Like, you just can't. They're not allowed to do that. Yeah, it's illegal. And so on and on and on. And my mother's like, well, what if we can we get somebody else to bring their car out? And, of course, you know, the appointment's like a 15-minute appointment. And he's got 50 of them stacked up, like, you know. Oh. Uh, and so this is it's just, like, classic of my childhood. Like, there's always something like that. And then also my mom interfering. And we open and close the door a few times. And then finally, the damn thing just starts working again. Oh, and so he's like, okay, okay. And so he gets back in and it, and it works. And we go to take our road test. And then I, I pass my road test because I had already been through the most frustrating part, which was this piece <laughs> of shit car <laughs> not working. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, I did end up parallel parking behind one car with no car behind it, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really Actually, tough. I'm a great parallel parker now just because I'm living in the city for so long. I was going to say, you have to be a good parallel parker. Yeah. If you live in and Boston. when we bought the RAV4 hybrid, um, one of the reasons I liked it was because it's the exact same length as a Toyota Corolla. It's yeah. just wider and taller. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's great. Cause I know I can parallel park the Corolla pretty much anywhere. So, you know, I, I want a car that's not too long. Yeah. I feel um, like when I was that age, I didn't understand the physics of parallel parking the way that I do now. Cause I was like, wait, I'm going and I have to turn the wheel what way? And then that goes what mm-hmm. way? It's like it. I didn't quite understand why you did, you know, what you were doing. And that made it a very nerve wracking experience. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, still. And even once in a while now, like if I'm driving a different car than my normal car, even if I'm driving Sam's Corolla or, you know, whatever, a rental car. Um, I'm always just like, oh wait, is it is it longer? What are the angles? The backup mirror still, fr- or the backup camera still freaks me out. Like I use it, and I also get way too close to the car behind me when I'm slow in the camera, like because I can see, oh, it'll pass the yellow line. Oh, it passed the red line. Eh, I still get a few inches. <laughs> oh, God, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not gonna park like that, but like to straighten out. Yeah. And you know, normally I'm a one shot parallel parker now. Like I can just sort of zigzag it in, and make it work if it's the if it's the Rav Four. It's one of my superpowers. Christy can sleep on buses. I can parallel <laughs> park the Rav Four. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, childhood car trauma. I mean, I've told my story about the car almost blowing up on the bridge and yes, all that other stuff through the years, yeah. and that's all fine. But basically, yeah, just this pattern of shitty cars ruining my life. <laughs> um, I passed my road test despite basically no training. Got my learner's permit. Drove around with my mom a little bit. Had her 
scream at me at a couple of red lights and stop <laughs> signs and you know me being a nervous tentative student driver somebody honking behind me and then me locking up and her yelling at me and that's what you want to hear when you're locking up is being yelled at so me crying in the driver's seat of a <laughs> Plymouth Sundance at 16 years old uh but no no problem so I, I got my license and then yeah freedom and I my first car after I got my license um was um I think it was actually that was it that Sundance that that Plymouth might have been at one point I was driving that Plymouth and then it blew up <laughs> literally it threw a rod um <laughs> and then you know I was knocking for a long time so I was just knew not to drive it further away than anywhere I was willing to walk back from <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so and that's what happened on a Sunday afternoon in the rain I was driving back uh to the apartment and uh threw a rod like three blocks from the house and I just I just glided it over to the side of the road and just left it there. And the next day I called the shop in town and I said, uh, Finn, come, come, it's yours. Do whatever you want with it. Scrap it and keep the money. We'll call it even for the tow. We're good. Uh, and then I had my, my beloved, uh, not the Sundance, my, my, uh, Pontiac Sunbird, my 1994 Pontiac Sunbird, the last year they made it. Hell yeah. Not the convertible. Not the four door, uh, my my two door, all white, ugliest sin, with the red stripe down the middle. Ooh, and uh, the uh, and it was a stick, and I didn't know how to drive stick when I bought it. I bought it from a woman at church who was a music teacher, and much like your parking lot, Hillary, we went out to an abandoned um, like Kmart in the country. Yep. And just drove around the parking lot. She said, I'm going to, I bought the car for $600 and it came with one free lesson. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And after that lesson, I just uh, learned, you know, I taught myself how to drive stick. uh, You know, driving driving stick really is like learning how to drive again. I mean, obviously there's some basics, but it is a, I was trying to explain it to Rory the other day because he was like, what is, you know, manual? And we're like on the highway and, you know, you can kind of, feel the gears change a little bit and I'm like okay you see that then you would actually have to manually change the gear you know every 10 or 15 miles per hour or whatever and I'm like do you feel it do you feel it and he's like kind of but I I remember learning it and just being like this is a you almost should have should learn it first oh absolutely and then I did I learned on a manual transition yeah well because I feel like it makes you understand how to drive a little bit better yeah I would say though I never actually felt totally comfortable with yeah. a stick like it never became second nature to me in the mm-hmm. way that people who really love driving stick say that it is like you just sort of feel the rhythm of a car and yes you do it god that was though that was though like i said i never i'm a confident driver that was when i was the least confident like the thought of stalling out is horrifying to me like i i i only did it a couple of times in the very beginning but that's like it like makes my heart race a little bit just because it's so embarrassing you're like i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah you always got a little bit nervous when you were stopped on a hill at an intersection Uh oh yeah i would avoid there was a there was a hill near wegmans uh in town i would would go Yeah, he's our a Wegmans, Wegmans not, boy. Not t- t- two Wegmans in Webster, not not the Wegmans across town. The Wegmans closer. The Holt Road Wegmans, the the Holt Road Hill where Holt Bet Ridge was just steep enough where I would think to myself, I really don't want to be like the second car in line at that hill. Yep, yeah. right on the crest of that hill. I want to. I'll take the back way out and go up the side street because I just you know, I was always nervous that I was going to roll back two feet and hit the car behind me. 
Uh, Even yep. though I probably never roll back more than a couple inches. Uh, just paranoid. And then gunning it and trying to not flood it or, you know, stall out. Uh, boy, I, I do have a speed story about that car, though. Freshman year of college, that car really shitting the bed, falling apart. This is back when I had the um, boombox with the yes. D batteries on yep. a pillow in the yep. center of the back seat strapped into with a seatbelt. Bobby, belt you and CDs. I are siblings in that. <laughs> <laughs> because the radio died. And I think when we were talking about this episode, I said, I remember when I was 18 years old and the only thing I wanted is one of those CD players with the plate that comes off when you get out of the car so that people don't steal your <laughs> oh, <right>. stereo. <laughs> uh. <laughs> As if that was like the big security feature. Uh, that car, I was in, you know, top gear, fifth, fifth gear fifth speed in my uh, flying down the thruway coming back from Buffalo to go to Rochester and I'm getting ready to get off the thruway at Leroy uh, which will only mean something to Western New Yorkers and I'm getting off the off ramp and it's one of those big corkscrewy off ramps and so mm-hmm. I I go to slow down uh, and I, I'm getting ready to downshift and I realize as I push the clutch in that's just hanging there the 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 pedal is just not connected. Oh, dear. Like it's just completely not doing oh, anything. God. And I'm thinking very quickly as I'm taking a curve very quickly, I'm thinking, okay, I can, um, I can, I can force it into neutral and coast, but then I will be done. Like that'll be the last thing I can do. And then I'm going to have to park. So I have to go full speed until I'm ready <laughs> to stop. <laughs> and I, I have to go through a toll booth to get off the throughway. And this is pretty easy pass, of course. So I have to stop and pay the toll. And uh, if I blow through the toll booth, I'm going to A, smash the stupid thing. Actually, I don't think they had the arms then because you had to pay. But like, I'm going to I'm gonna get arrested, basically. If I blow through a toll, like, I can't do 45, 50 miles an hour through a toll booth. That will endanger somebody's life. I will get in trouble. So I make the turn and there's a little parking lot next to the, next to the, you know, so wherever the toll booth people live, I don't know. And there's a little lot, a little building. And so I gun it around the corner or around the curve. And then I shove it into neutral and I coast into this parking lot <laughs> next to the toll booths. Did you drift in there? What was that? Did you drift in Tokyo drift? In? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I kicked in, I, I spun in sideways. The skid mark was a mile long. It was great. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I coasted into this lot and the car is dead. And it's like a Sunday afternoon and, uh, and I'm stuck there and I, I walk over to like the toll booth building. There's no one to help me. I look at the people in the toll booth. They're like, what the fuck are you doing here? Okay. Uh, here are the nuances of New York state. I'll keep this very short. You can't be towed off the New York state throughway from a non-authorized tow truck. Oh, the tow trucks that are authorized charge like four times more per mile. Of course they do. Because, because it's a racket. And I'm very poor and I have like one debit card and I don't know what to do. I have a cell phone that's dying. I call the throughway approved tow truck. I have them tow me one mile to the other side of the tow booth. (laughs) (laughs) And then I call another garage to come tow me the rest of the way home. (laughs) Oh, God, it was a long fucking day. It's a really long day. And I just remember uh, that was the day that car almost died. They had to make a part to fix my transmission because the, the you know they don't exist anymore. They had to like machine a part 
to uh, put that transmission back together and make everything work again. But boy, oh. that car got me a lot of places until it finally died after spending a summer parked in the back of a frat house on the lawn. Dead. <laughs> <sighs> so, uh, yeah, my, my early driving experiences. <laughs> and yeah, I put a picture in the Slack of, of a car very similar to my 94 Sunbird. Uh, it was beautiful. a sporty car for the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Of course, remember that I'm driving this car in 2004. Yeah, well, so, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, very modern uh, looking. Uh, and, and so it's actually a good transition to the cars we loved, because, of course, I did love that car because it was a car. It's like the Ferris Bueller line, like your car is a piece of shit. At least you have a piece of shit. I don't even have a piece of shit or however that line goes. Yep. Um, you know, that car, that car was the crux of my social life, my romantic life. Um, I don't know that I would have had a girlfriend for three years in high school if I hadn't had that car. <laughs> So, yeah. you know, like that, that car, that car, it was my freedom too. I mean, my mother and I were man. working it. Yeah. I mean, that car, uh, I remember blowing out the power steering pump on that car, doing donuts on the ice in the high uh-huh. school parking lot. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. That uh, sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I remember playing what we called the shopping cart game with that car, where we would use the car to nudge shopping carts back into the corrals in the parking lot at Wegmans late at night. <laughs> Uh, because I didn't care about the, the, you know, if it got scratched or dinged or whatever, because I knew it was on its way to its death. Uh, yeah. So that car, I mean, had a lot of my, a lot of my rumspringer freedom was tied up in that car. Yep, exactly. Uh, Hillary, what about cars you loved? Well, I talked about my Tercel. It was, it was a red 1991 Tercel, I believe. Um, it was a four door, which I thought was pretty badass um it did have the you know roll down windows everything was manual except the transmission um but i loved that car i love it It was a great car and it was a perfect like 16 year old car you know i grew up in a um kind of fancy neighborhood um and i was always like oh you know i go to highland park but like my family's not rich i mean my my family is fine we had five kids so we're not getting like brand new cars, which is great. Like I knew kids that had Mercedes, like, why the fuck are you giving your kid a Mercedes? That's ridiculous. But I liked that I had the Tercel because I could, I mean, I wasn't supposed to smoke in it, but I could smoke in there. I could like, <laughs> um, you know, be sort of bad and, and it wasn't that big of a deal. So I, I don't know. I loved it. And these are auxiliary cars cause they were not my actual cars, but, um, runners up, Emily, my friend Emily and I became best friends because she had a convertible rabbit, which was a stick shift. And we would drive it all around town um, and thinking we were pretty badass. I mean, we it had no power steering. She had like the strongest arms because she would have to like <laughs> whip, 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 whip that around. And another uh, alternate was Missy's Blazer. All these cars, these like you said, Bobby, like they represented freedom to us. Like we would just get in that blazer and we, you know would blast nine inch nails thinking we were <laughs> <laughs> very <Badasses>. cool. <laughs> Extremely cool. It's so embarrassing to think like these teenagers, like we like, barely knew what it meant, but like, I want to fuck you like an animal thinking we're like hardcore <laughs> <laughs> stopping at every stop sign, like the four way stop signs throughout our neighborhood. Like you really can't even go that fast. And you're just blaring this music. But yeah, those are, those are my high school my high school cars that I loved. And now Trent Reznor is writing orchestral music. <laughs> For the social network. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and do you have any uh, cars that were your freedom stories? No. 
no. I don't know. I never wanted to go anywhere or do anything. I just took the bus. I took the bus or I walked or I had a bike. So cars did not really represent freedom to me. Cars were a necessary tool. I did the first car that I had, which my dad bought and was very fond of reminding me that it was not my car, that it was his third car. And that if I wanted to take it anywhere other than school, I needed to ask for permission. Uh, That was an 89 Pontiac Grand Am. Nice. Yes. And when he got it, how did this go? So I think like the first couple of days after we took possession, probably the first day or two, my mom was out driving it because, you know, the parents, they got to take it for a spin and check it out. She was driving home from somewhere and she hit a deer. Or more accurately, a deer leapt out of nowhere on a highway overpass in front of the car. Oh, my God. So then it went to the repair shop for a couple of weeks. And when it came back, my dad was driving it to make sure everything was fine. And he was driving it to church. And a lady ran a stop sign and hit him. And so then it was back in the shop for a few more weeks. So... I think finally, after like a month or six weeks, I finally got possession of the car. And you know, you, you, the the rule about getting permission other than for school it was a little bit lax. But in general, I don't know. I don't care. I don't have any particular um, attachment to my cars. Maybe because I've never had a cool car. Um, however, you define that, Hillary, for you your. Like a- a cool car is how you use it. Yeah, your nine inch nails and your smoking burns everywhere. Woo, cool. But I don't know. I just never put any, like, that. it just doesn't mean anything to me. I guess in terms of now, I would say this Toyota that I drive now is pretty bitchin'. It's yeah. from 2003. It has oh, yeah. a tape deck. The dome light doesn't work. <laughs> Three out of the four bumpers came or corners came pre-scratched and dented because it was an old lady who wasn't supposed to be driving was the previous owner. Uh, Someday we will all be that old lady. The driver's side uh, automatic door lock doesn't work, so I have to use the key. But you know what? These Toyotas are kind of good cars. Have you noticed, Mm -hmm. guys? I mean, uh, yeah. Obviously, we're all Toyota fans. This is, this is, yeah, we are Toyota. Yeah. Toyota for life. Nation. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I had two Saturns. I always liked my Saturns because I, I guess I liked their ethos. They had that, uh, their slogan was no hassle, no haggle. And, all the employees. It was a different kind of car company until it became the same kind of car company that all the other car companies are. And then it died. But uh, I really kind of liked their vibe and I drove their car for a long time. But then, you know, eventually the transmission was about to fall out and this Toyota was just supposed to be like a gap car. I I paid $5,000 for it. It was a 12 year old car and I figured if I can drive this for two years, then I'll be ahead of the game and I can use that time to save up some money. And then I had like a $1,200 repair in the first six months. So I was like, okay, if I drive it for three years, and that was seven years ago. I've had this car for seven years and it just keeps going. And so that works for me, man. 
I mean, honestly, I, the Corolla, it was a 2003 and I'd had it since 2003 and um i had it until 2016 and it was fine honestly it was fine it was fine i just needed a i just needed a bigger car i was sick of like buckling the kids in the car like i was sick of bending over and kind of getting them all in and i found a good deal on the the minivan but that car would have that car would have lasted easily five or six more years like it was it was fine it I mean as though I have um impugned his driving my dad was is also scared of like fixing cars a little bit so he just instilled in me like you have to get your oil changed every (laughs) three thousand miles and honestly that has served me so well because I have friends that like are like "Mm, it's fine and then they burn stuff out and I'm so anal about getting my oil changed on time and they always drive fine if you get that done and obviously like getting your brakes checked and stuff but like it nothing i never have had an engine replaced i've never really had to do any of that because i don't know get your oil changed absolutely and my saturn's uh it leaked oil the last one i had quite significantly by the end so i am an expert at the oil check let me tell you get the dipstick out of there real quick i i (laughs) bobby i didn't say anything you made a noise. I was thinking about how I I did my own oil changes in high school because it was marginally cheaper to do that. Like when my time was worth nothing. Yeah. And every dollar mattered. I mean, and every dollar matters now. I'm not rich, but like every dollar really mattered in high school. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. like it was cheaper to get my car up on the lift uh, or on the on the ramps uh, and change my own oil, and like that would be an afternoon activity or. Um, like I did so much of my own maintenance or, or like troubleshooting too. And again, the the story of the car blowing up includes me changing a radiator hose in a parking lot with a pocket knife because like it had to be done. I learned so much about car maintenance. It's, um, what's, it's not Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance. It's poverty in the art of car maintenance. <laughs> like I, I learned how to do things I never would think i could do and now might not like hopefully the muscle memory would kick in of course now i drive a hybrid so i'm afraid to touch anything under the hood because i'm afraid i'll get electrocuted and die (laughs) but like uh like i just like troubleshot stuff because i just had to like you just figured out how to fix things or talk to someone like the phase of my life where i just always had 50 50 coolant mix in the back of my car and extra oil and fucking transmission fluid because i never knew when something was gonna leak or blow No, I'm anyway, a baby. I'm, a I'm getting baby. a little nostalgic now for when I was manly and knew how to do things. <laughs> <laughs> Useless. Oh, now. honey, you're still manly. You're so strong. You're manly to us. <laughs> Thank you for validating me. <laughs> um, um, so the the cars we drive now, um, and I mean, you're you're rocking the Rav Four. I've been in your Rav Four. It's a great yeah. Rav Four. I'm sorry, that is a Rav Four 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 Four. Yeah, because sometimes the keys on my keyboard stick lately. So, now, how old is your keyboard too? Is this like a recurring thing for you? I don't know. I mean, I I don't want to. I, I I'm not going to assume that I know too much about your financial situation, but I get the feeling that if you if you desired a new car or new used car or whatever, that it would be within your means to probably pursue that. Yeah, and I but, I actually I was just talking to my financial advisor. That's on our agenda for our next meeting. You know, she was talking about what kind of big expenditures do you have in the future that we might want to talk about. And I was like, well, you know, it's not next year, but 
This is a 2002, 2003 Toyota RAV4. And at some point, I will want a new car. But I don't know. It looks like a piece of crap. The wheel covers are just so totally rusted out. I really As should. I mentioned, the wheel covers are something... When I was in college, I would just buy the ones, like the cheap plastic ones, uh, with a little bit of flair and just pop them on. Like, that's... That's an easy pimp my ride accessory. I know. I the thing is, I looked at it online and I was like, "Oh, too many choices. I do not know Shut down. what I want. Shut it down." Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I if I yeah, you're right. If the inevitable happened, I you know I'd be okay with making a down payment on a car, but I would like that to be far off in the future because I don't like spending money. Yeah. yeah. I don't like spending money until I do spend money, yeah. you know, because yeah. like I'm like wait and wait and wait and wait. Now's the time let's do it. Yeah. Get it yeah. done. I agree. I mean, I love that my car is paid off. I love my car. Yes. It makes me say, I love my car. It has the exact right amount of technology that I need, which is a backup camera and bluetooth, but like nothing really else. Like there's nothing crazy in it. And I it's enough that it makes me so happy that I don't have a car payment. Like it just is like, I don't have to think I own this car. It's probably not worth that much, but I own this car and it works great for me. I want to pay for my next car in cash. I don't know if that's possible, but I would love to do that. I want to see you do it, but I want to see you do it in fives. (laughs) (laughs) Just stacks of fives on the, just a fucking duffel bag. God, I, if I never have to sit in like some back room somewhere at a dealer for nine hours going over like my credit report and how I want to, I, I hate, it takes so long. I don't know. Why does it take so long? Don't they do this all the time? Why does it take so long? <laughs> I don't know. I bought the second Saturn. Well, the first Saturn I had to lease because my dad would not co-sign a loan of all his children the one that you should be financially confident is me. Um, But, you know, I was 22, so I didn't have enough credit to purchase it on my own. But so the second one I bought, bought that sucker over the phone. Like I didn't spend any time sitting in the dealership except for when I went to sign the papers and pick it up. (laughs) Because I don't know. I think I did all the credit stuff on the phone with him and he's like okay i'll run this and get back to you and then he called me back and he's like wow you did not tell me your credit was this good this is gonna be easy <laughs> you're like flipping your hair that's fine you're welcome is what you should have <laughs> yep. said at that point <laughs> and then he was like well we got we got a couple of uh saturns and i was like yeah, i'll take the silver one that's fine it's like do you want to test drive it no no that's no. fine just get this Man. done i remember when i went to buy my toyota yaris my Yaris, yeah, Yaris. I remember your Yaris. <laughs> Do they still uh, make those? I don't know. That's a good question. Wasn't um, the Yaris sort of the Tercel replacement? Kind of. I think yeah. so, yeah. I mean, it was the smallest car that Toyota sold in the United States. I remember when, the first time we went to Aruba, we rented a like a Toyota i10 or something, this little tiny European-style car. And I thought it was just incredible to be driving a Toyota that was smaller than the RS. <laughs> I didn't think it existed. It um, is still in production. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, I got a great deal on it because they had a bunch of them, all sticks, that they couldn't get rid of. <laughs> and um, I think mine had a bee's nest in it that they had to take out and been sitting for so long. Uh, not in the cabin, like under the hood. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they were all silver. And so the, the kid was just like... Uh, you can get a great deal on this car if you're willing to drive stick and if you're willing to get a silver one. And I was like, yep, yep, great. Oh, <laughs> it's done. 
wait, wait, guys. The Toyota Yaris lineup is getting the axe in the U.S. from Motor Trend. This is from mm. 2020. So, hmm. yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're very popular in Europe where that's probably like a mid-sized car. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I loved that Yaris. I mean, I, that Yaris, I mean, I was the first thing I ever bought new, basically ever in my entire life. And I financed it with a really shitty loan from Toyota. It was like a 16% loan and put basically no money down. And I traded in my, oh God, what was that awful shitty car? I had, I had purchased a car that had been totaled and, ref- and fixed by my then girlfriend's father who had a, Oof. like a shop garage job. And did it on the side there when he was bored. He would work on this car. And I bought it for $2,200 and a bottle of Jack Daniels. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it was a, you know, my, my quasi almost father-in-law. So, you know, um, yeah, I traded that one in because I needed something that would run consistently. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we got off track on financing. We, yes, no, I'd be perfectly happy. You know, it was it was less painful when we bought the the hybrid Rav Four last year because we're adults with you know two incomes yes. and decent credit. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. it was, but the Toyota one, I mean, that was a real sweat. I mean, I think I was there for I think I had to go back like three times. Ugh. Prove Ugh. that I had pay stubs and and Ooh, a livelihood of some kind. I do they still now? It's been a while since I bought a car from a dealership, but I having to go to my bank and get a cashier's check, and I'm like, really? There's no other way to do this. I understand why you don't want me to put a car on a credit card, right? But this seems so old school. And we actually did uh, put the down payment for my Rav Four on a, or was it Sam's car? It might have been Sam's car, which we bought. It's a Toyota, but we bought it from a Honda lot because it had been a trade-in, a lease trade-in that got traded in at a Honda lot. And I found it listed, and it was exactly the car we wanted, so we went and got it. And I think we put six grand down, and I had my Amex, and they had like a rule that they wouldn't put more than $2,000 down on a credit card. And I was like, if you want $6,000 right now, you'll figure out a way to do it. <laughs> And they sure as shit came back a few minutes later and were like, yeah, we can do that. Sure. It's like, if you if you want the sale, you'll figure it out. And then I got all the MX points. <laughs> I, I remember being like, why can't I just write a check? And they're like, yeah. you can't write a check, a personal <laughs> check. And I'm like, it's coming from the bank either way. You know, yeah, like exactly. I would never dream of bouncing a check, right? No, in my right. entire no. life. But... I would never be three states away by now. <laughs> By the time that thing gets back to you. Um, and the most, like, I'm a precious angel baby to my parents when I got my Corolla, which I did I did pay for, but I was scared to do the negotiations. My dad called, like, I had a guy, I looked, I think I test drove it, and I was like, okay, this is the one I want. It was a silver Corolla. And I called my dad, and I was like, I'm going to need you to negotiate for me because I'm scared. <laughs> so my dad negotiated with this guy, a Hollywood Toyota, and they did it largely via fax. <laughs> and then I think I came in. My dad was like, okay, this is the number. And I came in. And I think I, I misheard him. And I said it was like a little bit lower. And the guy agreed to it. And I was like, all right, we're done. So my dad, my daddy negotiated my car for me. Was that Corolla? Was that the one when they had like the oval back windshields? Wasn't um, that Corolla that they did for a while? Um, yeah, but it, it, no, it was like, it looks more like the ones like that are there today. They've done some shaping to it, but it, 
It definitely had wood uh, paneling on the inside. Like, ooh, oh, sure. this is so fancy. Wow. Uh, yeah. You'd but have it, to upgrade to a Camry to get that now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe it was the Camry that I'm yeah. thinking of. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about all of this. Um, other than major airlines, uh, car dealerships are the only other business left keeping dot matrix printers in the money. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Just folders full of uh, triplicates of dot matrix printed documents. All the old stuff. I um, uh, to continue with unrelated financial talk. I'm I'm uh, I'm rolling over an annuity that I did not want into an IRA, and uh, I got the paperwork. Like they emailed the paperwork out, and I just had to sign it and send it back. And the options are send it through the mail or fax it. And I was like, oh, as long as I'm going to be in the fucking office. Yeah, might as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Could not figure out how to turn the thing on. (laughs) Like the power button was on, but the screen was blank. I'm like, what is happening here? And I didn't, okay, I didn't want to ask somebody for help because I didn't want to ask somebody for help with a fax machine. But I also didn't want them to. Uh, ask anybody to help me with something that was not work related to the sure. fax no. machine. I know. So yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> where's the envelope? So I put it in the mailbox. <laughs> Damn it. It was probably just out of carbon paper. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, just, and for future reference, if if you ever want to ask for help with faxing, um, scan it you know, to Bobby. The, the, the Tishi fax line um, <laughs> also has the ability to fax out via email. Which Whoa. is something I find thoroughly amusing. So <laughs> <laughs> that I can fax people from my email. <laughs> I did think about that because I know about that fax. You know, you, you've you explained that that yes. just comes to your email. And it's not, not a um, <laughs> physical fax machine. And I was like, well, there's probably some way that I could scan it and fax it through the Internet. And I was like... Just put a stamp on an envelope, and people have been doing it, it for hundreds of years. I wish yeah. I had a dedicated fax machine. Not like the the multi-purpose printer at the apartment in Boston. I think has a thing I can still stick a phone line in it. Mm. Um, it doesn't. It's not like the old ones where there was actually a handset attached to the printer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could answer it if somebody accidentally called your line, so they wouldn't just hear that terrible shrieking noise. I can use those because we had those at the store forever. That's <laughs> the boss would fax stuff to us. That's yep. before pre. Well, I guess we had internet for a long time before they finally converted it over to email. Yeah. But, but faxes are safer for that, some reason. Yeah, that I can use. I even I have a copier, printer, scanner, fax that was my dad's that my mom gave me when he died. But I can't get the drivers to work with my PC. <laughs> and now all you need is a phone line. <laughs> and a Lannis Morset. <laughs> when all uh, you need is a drive. Uh, God, that's we, the second time I've sung today. <laughs> we got a little sidetrack somewhere in there. Yes. Uh, but Hillary, I think you were going to tell us about the minivan. Uh, oh, yes, that is my current car. I it's love a cool my... minivan, right? For, is... cool for, cool for cool moms. For cool moms. For cool moms that it um, currently, uh, it I, it doesn't really smell like barf anymore, but occasionally I'll get in. I'm like, <laughs> is that barf? Um, but no, I love it. I mean, it's sort of ridiculous that I have it now because the kids, the primary reason why I love it now is when I am 
driving with the kids, this is a thing that they don't tell you about kids when they can like buckle themselves in and, you know, do all the stuff that you need to do in a car. Kids are fucking dumb and they like are bad at opening doors. So they'll like just open it and kind of slam it into, you know, with no care in the world. So the sliding doors are great because you don't ever have to worry about them banging into the car next door to you. Um, it's, yeah, it, but the bad thing is then you have kids that never learn how to open car true, doors. So true that. Though they have it in days, but yes, it is very true. Um, they're like like 25 years old, like trapped inside a car. How do I get out? How do I do this? How do I do this? It is like driving a... Um, a living room around with you. And honestly, most of the time when I'm driving, it's just me. So sometimes I feel a little bit silly when I'm driving it. But um, this is the biggest trick is everybody thinks that minivan drivers are like dumb or like stupid moms that are just like, "Ah, I don't know what's going on. So you can always do like an asshole move and then just be like, sorry. So (laughs) when I'm like merging or something, I do, you know, last minute zipper merge kind of thing. And I know fully what I'm doing. And I just wave. Thanks so much. Sorry. Oops. I'm dumb. Yeah, um, you, so I you know that's over. the correct way to merge, right? The <laughs> yes, zipper merge I, is correct. I know. It totally is. But I there's a couple of tricks that I've learned in Austin traffic where you just kind of ride up on this thing that you really probably should have merged earlier on. But it's okay because I have a minivan and I don't really know how to drive otherwise. But um, <laughs> no, I, I I love it. I I These are... <laughs> This is just going to be a commercial for Toyotas. This is why Toyotas are so great because it truly just feels like I'm driving my Corolla. Like it, I don't like if I have ever driven a suburban or a larger car, I feel the sort of width of the car. You know, I feel that it is a big car and it feels a little bit daunting to me. I don't feel that with the minivan. It just feels like driving uh, my Corolla. The only thing that's annoying is parking sometimes because, you know it's just a bigger car and it's not a compact situation. So I can't like weave into tiny little spaces, but, um, but I love it. I've had no problems. And again, having been in it, um, if you got stuck in the wilderness in it, there's days worth of food. <laughs> hey, I really do try to clean it. And that was when Rory was smaller. So his, slash Bridget so they're their snack consumption and today Rory was like eating somebody at school had given him like Sour Patch Kids which like respect but I'm like please do not eat that in my car right now because you're gonna get some weird sugar yes exactly I'm like wait till we get home it's a one minute drive to home we'll be okay so the minivan is what you love now and you're very happy with it all things considered but the next category that we thought we would talk about is the car we hope to drive in the future. So, Hillary, if you get to trade in the minivan and let's say trade in the kids while you're at it. So <laughs> exactly. being practical is not necessary. Uh, what would you prefer to upgrade to? I think this is growing up in the 80s. I just always wanted a convertible BMW. That is just was my dream. It was like that was it would be like being named Stacy and I have a convertible <laughs> BMW. What is it like a like a. BMW 3 something I think right? so. I think so. Like the little sporty one? Yes. That's what I wanted. That's what I still want. I mean, really, actually, what I want, my, what because, it, like, my practical fancy side is I want, like, a, a Lexus. Not the SUV, but the, like, RAV4 version Lexus. It's what my dad has, I think. And it's like, I mean, because they're Toyotas. They're fancy Toyotas. Yeah, they're, just, they're fancy Toyotas. <laughs> exactly. They're Toyotas... Um, 
who've gotten cleaned up because they're going to their 20th high school reunion <laughs> yes, and their exactly. ex is going to be there. Exactly. And I love driving those cars. I think that it, you feel a little bit fancy, but I understand how they work. I know where the controls are. Um, that's sort of my, my practical fancy side. But if my, like, if just for anything, I would get a convertible BMW. I don't need it. I don't really, there's no reason to have it, but I would love it. Dave's is weirdly like he loves, and he had one before. He like loves Ford Explorers. Ugh, I'm like, he's like, I can go <laughs> off roading. I'm like, when are you going off roading? I don't understand. Uh, uh, just uh, the the BMW convertible. Does it even come with blinkers or? Probably not. Absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely not. Just like middle finger throwing up the middle finger everywhere you go. So you can get the Z4 Roadster. Uh, forty nine nine starting MSRP. So, meh, fifty grand. Yeah, I was gonna say. Then there is yeah. the four, which is fifty three three, which is a two door. Also, though they're okay. all two doors. Yeah. Then. Oh, that's you... all you need when there's no roof. True. <laughs> then, th- if you want to get fancy, you go to the M eight competition convertible, which is one thirty nine five. Jesus Christ. Ugh. I mean, I remember we paid, I think, for my minivan. It was a, you know, gently used, whatever, pre-owned, whatever they call it. I think there was 19,000 miles on it, and it was a year or two old. It was not that old. It was fine. And it was, like, $23,000, and I thought I was going to die. I was like, this is so much money. So thinking about spending Mm -hmm. more than that on Mm -hmm. a car makes me, like, I mean – like you know you'll sometimes yeah, a lot of times here you see people driving like big ass trucks i hate ford f-150s because they're too long i hate them people i there and there's so many here and you look at how much some of those costs like the real souped up ones and they're like eighty thousand dollars for a fucking truck Ugh. you know the ford f-150 i think is like the most popular car model in the united states right now Ugh, i hate them Actually, then some people have the 250s. And I'm like, that's too long. That's too much truck. Why do you need it? <laughs> like, we're in the city. You do not need that truck. My dad had an F-150. He drove a Saab two-door. And then also he had an F-150 so that he could feel manly, I guess. It's like the Alpha and the Omega of cars. Yep. It's like, here's my Saab. <laughs> my mom had a Ford F-150 at one point in my childhood. My, well, it was my high school years because I remember driving it around. You know, I, I drove it fairly often. In fact, I slid it off the highway once on a particularly icy. It was fine. Just um, sort of in a patch of grass between the, the highway and the off-ramp. Just decided to split the difference and slide into the grass. Um, with the with the dual gas tanks and uh, but that wasn't like a luxury F one fifty like the the amenities on those have gotten a lot nicer. This was mid nineties bench yeah. seat box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah, know, that's the one my bed. dad had. Your legs yeah. are like sticking to the to the seat. Yeah, okay. Vinyl. Okay. Cool. Side side note: I'm looking at the M eight. Yeah, that's a nice car. I would take <laughs> that. Yeah, <it> is. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely take. Everyone that knows car. that all BMW drivers are complete assholes. <laughs> Can confirm, my dad had one. <laughs> I was just thinking, we, I know, I, I'm sure we have listeners who drive BMWs who aren't assholes, but I know of at least one who is. And that's the only reason I'm saying that. 
Um, My mom drives one now, but she's, she's not, not an asshole. No, she's, she's like, asshole. she never would have. She said she would not have bought a BMW, but that right. was like my dad's dream car. I don't know if it's a boomer thing, you know, yeah. To, yeah. like you're saying, Hillary, to have a BMW. Yes. So at the end of his life, after he was diagnosed with Parkinson's, my mom was like, you need to get that car now <laughs> because yeah. who knows how long you're going to be able to drive it. Yep. And now she has it, and she's like, ugh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> when I was in high school, for some reason, the car I always wanted was a Jaguar. Ooh, oh. I crashed into a Jaguar once on my bike, if I Ooh. may interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> when I was first learning how to dr- uh, ride a bike when I was like six or seven, I was probably seven, and it was one of those banana seat bikes with the back mm-hmm. pedal brakes yep. and I went down a big hill that had a curve at the bottom for the first time and I panicked and I forgot that it was back pedal brakes and so I just sort of slid into the side of the purple Jaguar and put a scratch across the driver's side door. Yikes. Oh, yikes. And then I went home and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. well. Anyway, please continue, Bobby. Yeah. I, I think the statute of limitations on that one is probably passed, so it's all right. Yeah, I don't know why, but it was the car I always wanted. Um, well, they're very different looking, you know? Like, they right. look very distinct from other yeah. cars. Very classy. You're um, never like, what is that? Like, can I say, what is the deal with Maseratis? It's just a generic sedan. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it just needs to look cool. Like a Lamborghini or a Jaguar. Those are cool looking cars. Yeah. Though you, apparently, uh, <laughs> to fix a Jaguar is like a bitch. I don't know if I'm it sure. is anymore, but I remember I had a friend whose parents had a Jaguar and it was like annoying and always in the shop. Yeah. Oh, I don't doubt that at all. And you, you got to find your best foreign auto body shop or foreign auto yeah. shop to yeah. probably work yeah. on it. So, so that was the car I wanted in high school. And um, I fulfilled that wish for exactly one night when I <laughs> rented one for my senior prom. So instead of taking a limo, my <laughs> high school girlfriend and I rode to senior prom. I drove us in a rented Jaguar because I found out that the local enterprise dealership had a deal with the local dealership that sold Jaguars that they would rent cars from the lot to an 18 year old. Uh, that was going quite, to prom? That, took, <laughs> that took quite a, a project. I needed to enlist my mother and a friend of the family uh, because my mother did not have a credit card back then. Mm. Um, so we had to get somebody else to rent it and then semi-surreptitiously I hand see. it over to me. Mm. I ran the first stop sign uh, I saw after getting in it just because I was so excited. Uh, but after that, I, I settled down. And I'm not a car guy. Like It wasn't like, oh, I want it because of this engine and all of these trimmings. and, and ch- just, like, like, just just from saying trimmings, Jaguar, I think you can tell I'm not cool. a car guy. <laughs> yeah, just a cool fucking car. So here's a question I want to ask. Did you did you get lucky? Yeah. Oh fuck no, no, absolutely not, <laughs> absolutely no, no, no. I I was dating a girl for three years who was waiting for marriage, and we did not oh, get married. Oh, she wasn't impressed with the jackpot. And at the time, I was also waiting because my high school girlfriend was waiting. So, <laughs> so uh, no, no, no. It, it would take uh, it would take me getting to college to discover that part of my life, and that's a very different episode uh, of this show. So. Uh, uh, we no, we actually did. We camped that night in her backyard, and I'm pretty wow. sure her father was sitting just out of sight with a gun somewhere. Um, yeah, so I had the Jag for for one night. There are pictures somewhere. I should really try to find those of me and Emily standing in front of the car. 
cool with your yeah, cummerbund. Uh, no, I believe it was the, I believe I had the blue, like the vest, vest. option, oh, yeah. the cover yeah, option yeah, in yeah, my yeah. rental yeah. tuxedo. Thank you. <laughs> See, I got I give you props for that. Limo is so played out. Yeah. Oh, it's also so stupid. Like I, I want to sit sideways in a car with no seatbelts and slide <laughs> around and yeah, no, no, thank you. Uh, but, but now I think I just want like a good, um, electric car. Um, wow. it, needs, it needs to have a certain amount of range. I, for years I wanted a Tesla, not like a super expensive Tesla. Like I want Tesla to come out with their moderately priced hatchback that they've been talking about for years. Uh, but now I don't want to give any money to Elon Musk. Yeah, so like yeah. I want a Tesla-esque car <laughs> from some other company. I mean, they're all evil. I know that. But like some company that isn't him would be yeah, great. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. not an internet troll. Yes. Yeah, really exactly. at this point. Exactly. What he is. <sighs> yeah. So. Yeah. Electric car. Um, hmm. And you uh, you haven't given us a preview of how you would answer the car you hope to drive in the future. Because I have no fucking idea, Bobby. <laughs> I have not thought past the RAV 44444 <laughs> with the tape deck living forever. I yeah. honestly don't know. I was always... I always said... I'm never going to drive an SUV or anything bigger right hillary yeah. your point about the large vehicles is is well made and you know the parking yeah situation it's just not it's not good you know you could do it but it's like me trying to put on a b cup bra i can yeah. do it but we're gonna be busting <laughs> out all over the place in, in, I, I weirdly that's also if i try to put on a b cup bra <laughs> Solidarity so, sisters. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't love the big gas guzzlers and all of that. That's not my vibe anyway. And I don't have to like transport hay bales or whatever. Um, so I always said I just always want a small car. But then I got older and mm-hmm. it's real scary being in those little cars. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you live in a place where so many people drive big vehicles yeah. and being well, in you traffic. Can't see over... You can't see anything I know. around I know. you because yeah. of all the large vehicles. Yeah. And I I think I've talked before that Saturn was so light that in snow and ice, which we have a lot of here, it didn't really drive through the snow. It skated across the top of the snow Mm, and it was so scary. Yeah. And so I said, I have to get something bigger. So I'm pleased with the size of the RAV4. You know, it's not a giant honking SUV, but it's got some weight to it and you can actually see. So Mm -hmm. that's as far as I know It's, it's not something little small thing is not what i want but other than that you should try the hybrid in because it's it's the same size but it weighs like a ton more because it's a hybrid Mm, the only problem with it is that every time i go to stop like it stops fairly hard and i'm used to it but when sam's in the passenger seat she'll have her purse next to her and i would say once on every trip she rides with me she forgets it's going to happen. I stop at a light and her purse flies. <laughs> yeah. When I was in LA, my brother has a hybrid and I forget what model it is. Uh, it's a Ford. I don't know. Um, and I drove that for the week. And that does take some getting used to on those brakes. Yeah. Yeah. She thought I was being an asshole. And I was like, no, the car just stops hard because it's a lot of car. <laughs> I'm, driving, I'm driving a battery tank here, basically. Yeah. 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 Well, <sighs> and similarly on... This last question we talked about 
uh, when we were planning on Tuesday, we boiled it down to what law applies to everyone but you, <laughs> which is to say, what are we the biggest hypocrites about in that we want everybody else to be safe or careful or compliant or whatever, but it's what we break. <laughs> and, and what is there a double standard for for us? And um, I assume it's just because you're not a rule breaker that you've just written, wrote, Jesus, <laughs> written, hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a hypocrite, Bobby, to have one set of rules for other people and a different one for me. No, I just, I don't know. What do I do? I used to speed. I used to speed. But, yeah. you know, I've given that up. I don't care anymore. I said, I don't care. I'll get there when I get there. So I can't really think of anything that I do that I'm not supposed to. Yeah. You're going to be thrown the first stone someday, aren't you? Uh-huh. All I'm of us sinners on the road person. here. <laughs> um, I was thinking about it and I wrote down well, speeding and merging. But the thing that actually, like, I think that I do, but I get so mad about is when people just hang next to me and that, like, if we're on Mopac, which is the highway I drive on the most. Oh, we all know about Mopac. <laughs> yeah. And people just like they don't speed up they don't they're just like right next to me all the time and it makes me fucking crazy because i feel like it's always when i need to change lanes and i'm like speed up or slow down like just like my my craziness and this is you know i feel like every city has their sort of like you know what their drivers are like like drivers in dallas are assholes and same with los angeles and i feel like drivers in austin are like space cadets i'm like pay attention to the road and i'm sure that i'm a space cadet as well but i feel i I hate when people aren't paying attention i'm just like focus up i need you to pay attention to the road Mm -hmm. i have to confess in my younger years i did play a little bit of that game (laughs) in that i would get irritated when you could see people weaving around behind in traffic to you know Gain oh, themselves I hate a little that. inch or whatever. Yeah. And they would want to go by me on the left. <laughs> but now let me say this. I was never in the left lane because if I'm in the left lane, I'm passing. So yes, I would be in the right lane or the center lane or whatever. Yeah. And they would want to pass me and pass the person who was parked in the left lane. And I would just, you know, pull even with that person who was parked and then pace them for a while <laughs> well that's okay because people who do the sideways um the sideways changing of lanes because they're going so fast that they're trying to like weave in like those people are assholes fucking yep. relax I, I i feel a little bit bad because i'm like i don't know is the person like having a baby or like a medical emergency or something but <laughs> i'm like that's not true like they're just driving like assholes right now it makes me crazy and yep. <laughs> a floor mate uh, freshman year of college who insisted I drive him to the hospital because he was convinced he was having a really bad panic attack. He was having something mild that he was mostly acting. And and that's tough, you know, because a panic attack is, you know, that is a lot of it. Yeah. But anyway, he insisted that he go to the hospital. And I told him that this was an all or nothing proposition. If I'm driving him to the hospital, I'm driving like an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> and he agreed. And so we hopped in my car and I did like 85 with my flashers on the whole way to the fucking hospital. <laughs> and he was fucking fine, of course. Uh, if he had been but in did an you have fun? danger, I would. Of course I did. It was great. Because <laughs> oh, I, I, I knew it's one of those moments where like the, the pregnancy thing made me think of it. Like if you're having a baby, you can speed because if you get pulled over, you get an escort. Right. Yeah. That's yep. what TV and movies have taught me. So I figure if I get pulled over because Andy's having a fucking panic attack in my car and I have to get to the hospital, I just look at the cop and say, I have to get to the hospital. 
And then I get an escort, which would be amazing. God, Dave drove like a fucking grandma when we went to the hospital with Rory. And I was like screaming. Like it was out of a movie. I thought I was going to have Rory in the car. And he's driving so slow. I was like, oh, my God. You drive faster. It's a good thing it wasn't a hybrid because Rory might have just, you know. Uh, if it had been a Tesla, it's like his dream car. He would have been um, like, hello, I'm here. Was, was I mean, not to get too personal, but was the labor with Rory, was that faster than with oh, Bridget? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I was fully dilated when I got to the hospital. Like, I made it there with like, the skin of my that's, that's a, or whatever. That's a thing, right? Yes. Like, with <laughs> yes. each successive child, the labor yes. gets sure. shorter, sort of. Yes. Yeah, he was uh, like, hi, I'm here. That's also another episode. <laughs> the skin <laughs> of my placenta. <laughs> <laughs> It's a show title, but not this episode. <laughs> uh, so speeding emerging. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. Mine's the worst on our I, list by far. I, I mean, yeah, it is. I'm guilty of it too. I see. I'm confident that I can text while driving because <laughs> everybody's confident that they can text while driving because I'm a very good multitasker. <laughs> Um, also, I don't usually, like, I can type text while driving. I try not to. I also dictate to my phone a lot like an old man. <laughs> I do it while I'm walking around the apartment. Why can't I do it while I'm in the car? Um, I, I try to be better, but I drive two and a half hours in a straight line, like, twice yeah. a week, back and forth between Boston and Albany. I can go, like, a solid 10 or 15 minutes at a time on the pike early in the morning or late at night. Not crossing another car, yeah. you know, not passing or having to go around another car. But you just never know. And I can, I can, I can write fucking work emails. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember when I was a kid, people being like, oh, my dad commutes into work every day. He reads the paper on the steering wheel <laughs> as he's driving. And now I get it. Um, I, uh, that's one of the reasons why I give Bridget, if I'm in the car with Bridget, I'll give her my phone because, you know, she wants to go on TikTok or whatever. And it like, it actually is good for me because otherwise I like will look down and I need to not. And then we just get, um, poll questions on your Instagram feed. (laughs) Exactly. That's when you get them. (laughs) I remember when we were having all the debates about whether there should or should not be laws against texting, there was this whole camp of people who was well, but like women put makeup on in the car, so we should be able to text. And I'm like, yeah, women put makeup on in the car, and that's wrong too. Yes, that's it's not like, a good thing. Somehow, because I'm a woman, this argument is <laughs> gonna slay me in my tracks. No, no, it's a bad thing. No shaving, no putting on makeup, no reading the paper. Distracted driving is bad. I, I, I understand that, and we should all not do it. As and... long as. Your life is the only person you're endangering. Yeah. Then, yeah. you know, yeah. it's yeah. your decision, crazy. man. So, uh, there I mean, we go. How Sam's gonna feel about it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, she's not wild about it. She hates it when I put makeup on when I'm driving too. So. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, I gotta get this last coat of mascara on. I Actually, she will do that in the passenger seat while we're going somewhere, and I'm just like. Are, well, you, are you crazy? Like, yeah, I can't do it. Like a fucking eyeliner or yeah, what you the can't hell do are eyeliner. you doing? You stab yourself in the eye. Right? Yeah. Well, and I mean, oh. she, would clown just, mouth. Yes, she would just exactly. fix it, right? If she stabbed herself in the eye, she's just making business for herself. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, question of the week this week. 
Listeners, what law applies to everyone but you? Driving law. We should yeah, say driving law. Murder. What driving law? So so basically, you know, what what are your bad habits? Driving is essentially what we're asking there or, or whatever. And if you don't want to confess to anything, that's okay. And and um, if you want to ridicule us for our answers, I well, not Anne, but if yeah. you want to ridicule me and Hillary, I, you know. <laughs> because we'll I'm it. perfect. I'm you basically are. the bad guy here. And, and this is not, to, like, I'm not writing the great American novel while I'm driving, but, like, I will respond. And I'm also a red light, you know, red light texture, which I, I've sort of mastered the art of keeping one eye on the on the light and one eye on the phone. You know what I, you I, need. I, re- I refuse to be that asshole who holds up the, the traffic at yes. the light. You need a chauffeur. Yes. Oh, yeah. Problem solved. So Absolutely. next time you renegotiate your salary, your contract or whatever. <laughs> sure. Um actually today I was Google this has ev- the bus. That's yes, true. Yes, they do. I was working this event today and the county executive of Albany County was there uh for a little while and there's this man who's just sort of standing near him the whole time. And um my one of my colleagues um, just texted me and was like, Who's that guy who just sat down? And I was like, oh, that's just his, that's like, that's his body man. Like, that's just the guy who follows him around and is his driver and assistant and, and whatever else he needs at any given time. Jeez. The he, county executive, can, is that high a position that you need that? I believe so, yeah. So, like, if he huh. can have a driver, I can have a driver. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Albany, it's the state capital, right? So there's some extra. Oh, hmm, I see. Whatever. Yeah. You should, like, be like Daddy Warbucks. He had Punjab. Not racist at all. That's his driver. So you should have a, I I assume he's meant to be Sikh with the turban, but, oh no, he was the bodyguard. It was the ass, the Chinese guy, (laughs) who was the driver. All right. Question of the week. Who wants to be Bobby's chauffeur and and what traffic laws apply to everyone but you? And uh, I think that'll do it for car talk for now. Although I'm expecting we'll get a lot of feedback and probably some criticism of my driving. Uh, that's oh, right. well, I think you're brave to share your texting habits. <laughs> Occasional. <laughs> I'm a, I'm an avid signaler. Like mm-hmm. I hate when people don't use their blinkers. I'm always good about using my blinkers. I, every lane change, even when there's no one around, I just, mm-hmm. you know, they're there. Use them. It's not that complicated. Even when it's a fork in the road, you got to let people know which way you're going. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, or sometimes you it. throw that little left flank around and then zag right just to mess with them. Whoa. <laughs> Revel. All right. Well, let's do a little take she recommending. I, I should have known, Bobby, that this was you who put this first one on here. Yeah. Um, I'm really leaning into my bachelordom at this apartment without Sam around. And uh, dinner tonight was macaroni and cheese from a box with ground turkey taco meat on top of it. I am not ashamed. No, that sounds well, good. Sort of like a chili dog. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. So taco mac. Hey. And the recipe is that. It's a, it's a pound of ground turkey with taco seasoning in it and a box of mac and cheese. Is this not an a, actual recipe? Like, not, is it on the cheese not, box? Not, not a vegetable insight. No, no. This is, this is just uh, ingenuity. Oh. It's not like a, a hamburger helper a fiesta. B- basically, yeah. So I eat like a child. Not usually. I had a big salad with my lunch, so I figured I deserved just <laughs> You got your greens. Dinner. Congratulations. I had a sa- salad this week. Salad. Salad. <laughs> In Dallas. <clears throat> <laughs> second, re- second recommendation was also me. Get your free COVID tests, people. The government is now sending more of them. I forget what the URL is. It's like covidtests.gov. Yeah, covidtests.gov. 
or covid.gov slash tests. Order your free at-home tests. There's a third round available. You can get eight more. Get them for you. Get them for a friend. They're cheap and readily available everywhere, but if the government has them, you should take them. I'm like that guy in the question mark suits. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew Lesko. Free money of COVID tests. Well, I had a I had a doctor's appointment today and the doctor, you know, was looking. She's like, well, you're not eligible for the second booster yet, but COVID numbers are climbing. So you should be cautious. I said, OK. All right. No I'm impressed that coming I back around. Matthew Lesko's name on the first poll. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let us tell you how you can get involved with the show. Uh, this show has everything dot com is our website or you can probably more uh, usefully participate in the Facebook group where you can answer the um, question of the week, you know, or apply for the position as Bobby's chauffeur or post your best Taco Mac recipe. If you have one. <laughs> I don't think I'd there's be one better than mine, but if you think you have one. I don't know. Put some lettuce on the top or something. <laughs> The show Twitter is at TC Show, uh, which Bobby assures me that he updates every once in a while. I'm, I'm on Twitter, while. so I don't know. It's been a while. You can email us at tshishow at gmail.com. Attach your voice memo to that email. Uh, like our lovely people like Ted. Oh, I'm sorry, Ted. I think it's becoming a thing. Because it made us We love you. Oh, or or you can fox you can fox Bobby <laughs> Carfox Carfax <laughs> you can fax Bobby your Taco Mac recipe that's better than his at six one seven three five four eight five one three and he will pick up the headset then press the hook button <laughs> so it comes through. Uh, thank you all for joining us. That was everything about cars that we care about.